says it all, trusting in him. So how's everybody doing on a warm day? You all doing well? Well, I can change that in a few minutes now. <laughs> there was this woman in... Uh, Preacher had preached his message, and uh, it's not unusual for a pastor, but she walks up and she says, oh, pastor, you know, wonderful service, wonderful message that you preached. And, and then the woman said, you know, I found the words of your sermon, the words of your message just so moving and helpful this morning. And the pastor said, well, really? I hope, he said, it will prove as helpful as the last sermon that you heard me preach. And the woman, of course, was a little confused. She said, what do you mean? I, I don't understand. And the pastor said, well, that sermon lasted you about three months. See, if I have to explain it, it's not a joke. See, she was saying how wonderful his, his words were, and that she hadn't been there for three months, and... Wow. Guess I won't be trying for Comedy Central, huh? <laughs> all right. Note to self, don't use Susan's jokes. No, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> this morning, on a more serious note, we will continue in our study of the book of Revelation and I have entitled the message this morning, The Valley of Decision. The Valley of Decision. Father, I do thank you for humor. It's a wonderful thing. Wonderful gift of laughter. And I thank you for each person here. I say it every Sunday, I I don't believe there's anyone here by accident. I believe they responded to a special invitation that you gave. And I'm thankful for that. And so I just ask Holy Spirit, that your blessing would rest upon each person. That they would receive what you want them to receive this morning. I know this message in many, many ways will be difficult. But on the other hand, if we really hear what you're saying and we listen to truth, it can be the the most liberating moment of our lives. And that's what I'm asking for. I know without you, Holy Spirit, it won't be possible. But I really pray that you will give us soft hearts to receive, your ears to hear. And I do ask that you would give me the ability to deliver this message this morning before we go to communion. So I ask that you would fill me from the soles of my feet to the crown of my head. And that I would truly speak your words. Now I'm just going to be asking that you will glorify Jesus. You will exalt Jesus in these next several minutes together. And I just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Coming now, and obviously we're minus one screen. Love that technology. (laughs) Revelation chapter 14. Revelation chapter 14, if you look at it, has a great opening. Jesus Christ and all those who are following him are victorious. They are victorious over the dragon, Satan. They are victorious over the Antichrist. They are victorious over the false prophet, and they are victorious over the world system and all that reflects its values. And if you understand nothing else, by the way, about the book of Revelation, please understand this. The book of Revelation tells us that in the end, Jesus Christ and his kingdom win. 
In the end, all those who follow Jesus Christ win. However, and it's a big however, Revelation 14 tells us that there is a cost. That there is a cost to receiving the good news. There is a cost to following Jesus Christ. Did you know that there's a cost? A lot of times, most people are very shocked to hear that there is an actual cost to receiving the eternal gospel. We're going to see this, the good news, to following Jesus. In fact, Jesus himself said that there is a cost to following him. So if you have your Bibles, look with me at Luke chapter 14, and Jesus has this to say. Luke chapter 14, starting at verse 25, we're told this. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me, And does not hate. Uh, A lot of people stumble over it. Remember, this is Jesus saying it. So it has to come from love. And Jesus says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate, that's a comparative term. In comparison to me, Jesus says his father, watch this, his mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his very own life. He could not be my disciple. So what Jesus is saying is there's ever a choice between him or another earthly relationship. It's an easy choice. It's him. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. We'll talk about the cross in a moment or my follower. Verse 28, suppose that one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he's able with 10,000 men to oppose the one who is coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off, and he will ask for terms of peace In the same way, now watch this, any of you who does not give up, that is ownership control of everything, he has and cannot be my disciple or follower. Verse 34, salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty Again, it is fit neither for the soil nor the manure pile. It is to be thrown out. Do you want to be a vibrant witness for Jesus Christ? Do you? Do you? Then what Jesus is saying is that you cannot be tied to this world. Then he says this, he who has ears, let him hear what I am saying. You know, rarely will you hear those words that I just read to you. Rarely now will you hear them sadly spoken about or preached or taught. But the reality of the matter is they're vital words. How often have you heard any preacher lately say, hey, you know, before you come running up here to the altar, before you receive Jesus Christ and you want to receive his message, his good news, count the cost. Count the cost. Have you really counted the cost? How often have you heard someone preach that message? There, in fact, are many people, more and more people, saying that Jesus Christ actually preached a gospel of works. He preached a a combination of grace and work. Can you believe that? That is not only ridiculous, it really is blasphemous and heretical. Jesus made it crystal clear you can never, ever 
earn your salvation. I want to make that crystal clear. You can never, ever earn your salvation. But Jesus said this, if you want eternal life, if you want a place in my kingdom, then there's a price tag. There is a price tag. And do you know what that price tag is? Jesus said it. Here it is. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Listen to what he said. He said, if you want to come to me, if you want to be part of my kingdom, if you want to be a believer, if you want to be my follower, now watch this, you must deny yourself. That is, you must give up your dreams, your goals, and your desires. And then he says, now watch this, if there's any confusion, Jesus says, and you must take up your cross daily. And just for the record, your cross is not your mother-in-law. Your, cro- your cross is not your spouse. Your cross is not this rebellious child you might be having to deal with. Your cross is not the jerk of a boss or a coworker you might have to deal with. Granted, those are problems. They even may be a burr under your saddle. But it is not the cross that Jesus Christ is referring to. The cross. Skip, put it up. Anytime someone in the ancient world saw a cross, they immediately thought to themselves, there is an instrument of death. And Jesus is saying, very clear, if you want to follow me, if you want to become born again, if you want a transformation in your life, if you want to be set free, if you want to experience eternal life, They're all synonymous. There are no second-rate believers, by the way, in heaven. There's no differentiation between those terms, and some people try to do this. But Jesus says, if you really, really want to experience life, you want to get rid of that emptiness, you want to experience fulfillment, you want to become healed and whole, then he says, you got to die. That's what he's saying. You and I have to die. I have to give up any stake that I have in this world. I need to give up my worldly dreams, goals, and desires. And then Jesus says, then he says, and now you can follow me. And now you can obey my will and find life. And that just makes sense what he's saying here. Now, now if there's still any confusion, because you know, I'm sure Jesus is saying, I know there's going to be confusion. So he says, if there's any confusion, listen to this part. If you seek to save your life, that is by trying to be something in this world, trying to fulfill your dreams or goals or desires, or, 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 or just trying to fit into this world. He says, listen to him now. He said, you're going to lose your life. That means you're going to lose your soul. You're going to forfeit your soul for all eternity. But... Jesus says, if you give up your life, listen to this, by seeking me, my plans, my will for your life, you shall find life. You shall save your life. You will experience eternal life and have a great place in my kingdom. Listen to what the apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. You, that is the believer, are not your own. Have you ever thought about it? You are not your own. This means you don't own your time. You don't own your money. You don't own your material possessions. You don't even own your own life, Paul is saying. Jesus, Paul says, owns the believer. And some of you are saying, well, why is this, Paul? Why does Jesus own the believer? And Paul says, glad you asked. 
Watch what he says. He says this. Because you were bought at a price. You were bought at a price. Do you know what that price was? Skip, can you put it up? That price was the blood of Jesus Christ. That price was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It cost Jesus his very own blood to redeem you and you and you and you and me. It cost Jesus everything so that we could live and have life and be with him. And so watch what Paul says then. He concludes this way. He says, therefore, therefore, honor God, honor Jesus with your body. Better yet, honor Jesus with your life. There is a cost to following Jesus. There is a cost to eternal life. And the cost is this, is that's what you want to call. The cost is this, is that you and I must forfeit our earthly life. We must forfeit our earthly life and we must say, Jesus, I surrender to you. You are my Lord. You are my everything And you can deploy me. You can do with whatever you want with my life. Now the problem we have is because we live in America. And I understand that. And it's so easy, honestly, to have one foot here in the kingdom of God and one foot here in this world. And we kind of think that that's normal Christianity. We really do. You know, we don't want to be too fanatical. It's a little too fanatical if you go, boom, I got both feet here and I'm living for Jesus. People go, you know, that's just a little too fanatical. We, we think it's a little better to have, you know, you know, just be sane about this thing. Be balanced. So I have one foot here and one foot here. And I want you to understand what Jesus is saying. Now, Jesus is saying that is not normal Christianity. Jesus is saying that is not Christianity at all. No, no, you have to understand, he's saying it's not Christianity at all. And if you die, Jesus says, and you have one foot in this world, and you have one foot in the so-called kingdom of God, he's going to say to you, I never knew you. I never knew you. I don't know who you are. And I want you to understand now as we enter into Revelation, there is a time coming, and I believe that time is coming very soon, when the scenario of possibly having one foot here and one foot there, it's not even going to be possible. The middle ground is rapidly being taken from us in this world. You'll remember at the midpoint of the tribulation, that seven-year period that is soon to come upon this earth, I believe. In the middle of that seven-year period, the coming world ruler, known as the Antichrist, he is going to step into the newly rebuilt Jewish temple in Israel, and he's going to tell the world, I am your God. I am your Messiah. I am the Lord Maitreya. I am the Buddha. I am the 12th Imam. Whatever you believe, he's going to tell you that he's your Messiah. He's your world ruler. He's your God. And he's going to say that you must take my mark of ownership, whatever that's going to be. And you must worship me and me alone. Because if you don't, now listen to this. If you don't, then you're not going to be able to buy or sell. You're going to be cut out of the world economy completely. 
Now, here's what I want you to watch. Watch what happens, I believe, concurrently with this at the midpoint of the tribulation. We pick up Revelation. If you have your Bibles, look with me. Revelation chapter 14, starting at verse 6. And we're told this. Look what's going to happen. Now, concurrently running with what I just talked about. It says this. Then I saw another angel flying in the midair. So we'll call this angel number one. And he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth to every nation, tribe, language, and people. And he said in a loud voice, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who has made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of the water. You know, I used to be a bartender. I was a bartender at one time. A lot of people are shocked to hear that. That was before I knew Jesus Christ and surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And when I was a bartender, I don't know if this is still true, but they, they used to have a thing called the last call. And what the last call was is it was your last opportunity to get a drink from the bar. And what you have happening here, it's kind of interesting. Remember, this is right at the midpoint of the tribulation, and you've got this, I mean, it's got a freak you out. You've got this angel flying through the air, giving the eternal gospel, the good news. You know what the good news is? Is that God loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you and he died on the cross for you and for your sins. Skip, put it up. I mean, it is great news. And you've got an angel speaking and giving the good news that Jesus is your true savior. Jesus, if you place your faith and trust in him and you surrender your life to him, you're gonna have a place in his eternal kingdom. And listen to what the angel is saying. The angel is therefore saying, do not listen. Do not be seduced. Do not be deceived by the Antichrist. And what he's offering you, he's a false Messiah. He is a false God. And when this happens, the end is near. The end is very near. And Jesus said this, in fact, in the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom... With the angels preaching, this gospel, now here's where this is fulfilled. And this gospel of the kingdom, this good news, will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to the nations. And then Jesus says, and then the end will come. This angelic message, this first angelic message, is the last call. It's really the last chance for the nations. And what this angel is saying is you've got to make a choice now. You've got to make a decision You can't have one foot here and one foot there. It's not going to be tolerant. You're either for Jesus or you're for the Antichrist. There is no middle ground. And you know, 2,500 years ago, there was a Hebrew prophet named Joel. And Joel saw that day. And he cried out in Joel chapter 3. Listen to what he said. He said, multitudes, multitudes are in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Don't kid yourself. There is going to be a cost. If you're around at that time, there's going to be a cost to receiving that angelic message of the eternal gospel. You know what the cost will be? You can't buy or sell. If you have kids, you can't buy or sell. You can't be part of the world economy. And if you don't take that mark, do you realize the world will hate you? Because most of them are going to take it. And misery loves company. And they will hate you. And they will persecute you. And if there's going to be a cost then, don't you think there's going to be a cost now and there is a cost? There really is a cost to following Jesus. And it's giving up any hope in this earthly life. 
Now watch the second angelic message. Revelation 14.8. Quick, put that up. A second angel followed and said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, which made all the nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. Oh, Babylon. Now that's rich. Babylon goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. It's as ancient as the book of Genesis. What is Babylon? I mean, it is one of the major keys to understanding the book of Revelation. In the coming weeks, we're going to talk about Babylon. But for su- suffice for now, you must understand that Babylon is more than a place. Babylon is more than a city. Babylon is the world system. It is everything that is godless. Babylon exalts the world system, pride, arrogance, sex, money, fame, and power. That is Babylon. And today you might say, and today you might say, because it will be wrapped up in a city, and today you might say that New York City in many ways encompasses Babylon. Skip, can you put it up? We look at New York City, and it's there. One day it'll be there. No, okay. No, we look at that. No, and we say that is magnificent. That is beautiful. That is awesome. And God said, that's Babylon. That is Babylon. That represents everything, every value that I'm against. And the second angel is saying, don't be deceived. Don't be seduced by the Antichrist and Babylon and all that represents. Because one day, Babylon will look like this. Skip, put it up. That's how Babylon will look. Now, I'm not saying New York City's Babylon, by the way. I don't think it's the Babylon that Revelation's talking about. We'll talk about that in the coming weeks. But I would say New York City more than any other city. I'm not saying London and others don't. But it represents Babylon. And I want you to see in the end, the second angel says, don't be a fool and worship the world and all that it has of fame and glory because that's how it's going to end up. And then there's the third angel. Listen to what the third angel says as we move towards communion. The third angel says this, chapter 14, a third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast, and now watch this, and his image, and receives the mark on his forehead or his hand, he too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. He will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the lamb. And the smoke of the torment rises forever and ever. There is no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and his image or for anyone who receives the mark of his name. This calls for patient endurance on the part of the saints. Why? Because there's going to be persecution who obey God's commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. Remain faithful to Jesus. At all costs, remain faithful to Jesus. To Jesus. Why am I saying this? Because I'm going to tell you as the Holy Spirit is lifted off and God allows Satan, the dragon and the Antichrist and the false prophet to come on the scene, you are going to see a relentless pressure to join Babylon, to join the world and to become a part of it. And the third angel says, 
At all costs. It's going to be hard. If you think it's going to be easy, it's not. He's saying, I, you need to remain faithful to Jesus. And that's why we need one another. And that's why you see us in small community. Encouraging. Don't quit. Because you may lose your job. Like the police chief in Atlanta for standing up for Jesus. It's going to happen. You think it's it, it happened to him. Don't think it's not coming your way or my way. And the angel is saying, no matter what, don't join Babylon. Remain faithful. Oh, remain faithful. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. Skip, can you play the video?